Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We're going to talk about it and what you can do about seeking the kingdom of God. We have a lot of distorted, confused, uh, I even use the word goofy ideas about the gospel of Jesus Christ. These have crept in for centuries now into our thinking. We go and we read the Bible and we try to find out what Christ was really talking about. People love to quote Paul out of the context of Paul, Paul out of the context of Christ, Paul out of the context of history and what was really going on at the time of Christ. I was asking questions 50 years ago of men who should have known, men who should have been leading us to the banquet table of Christ. Instead, they were leading people to destruction. And now the whole world has gone back into the bondage of the world, has begun and become entangled again in the bondage of the world, in the elements of the world. And they have their religions, and they sing their songs, and they go to their churches, and they are workers of iniquity. And Christ hates them. That's right. Christ hates them. They say Christ loves them. But it says God hates them because they are the Nicolaitans. They have gone the way of Balaam. They have been deceived. They are under a strong delusion that they actually believe in Jesus Christ and they are actually daily doing contrary to the way of Christ. They have gone a way that is not cast up. They are gone a way of destruction. And destruction cometh upon them. They will think it's like a thief in the night. But in reality it's been a long time in coming. They have been a long time in rejecting the ways of Christ. And it is time that they repent. Just this week in the news, someone sent me an article about transgenderism pushed by Obama colleges, also facilitating a move towards sex change surgeries as routine. Bizarre. Strange. Some people write here, sickening society. Doomed culture. And they, they, they go on in the little article, boys will be boys, but this is no longer the case. Evidently, boys will be girls. And I see more and more people going that homosexuality and perverting the natural use of the body. And you, you say, well, why is this? Is it because we're drinking out of plastic water containers? Well, maybe that has some effect on it because of the duplicate of certain estrogens in, uh, this, plastic that simulates the effects of estrogen in the body but really Romans 1 26 and 27 says for this cause 
God gave them up unto a vile affection, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And he's talking about that time to the Romans in Rome and the reason he could do that and we see the same thing happening today as they had done the same thing back then. If we study history we will see history repeating itself because we are the same today as we were yesterday. Well God is the same too. And people are being given over to a reprobate mind. Not only in this obvious, bizarre way that we see Michael L. Brown talking about in an article on wind, but we see it in many different ways throughout our society. The decay of the money system. Rome did the same thing. The decay of education. Rome did the same thing. The expansion of welfare systems that degenerated the people. Rome did the same thing. Sodom did the same thing. Babylon did the same thing. What you're seeing as the problem is the symptom of the problem. Romans one twenty six starts, For this cause, you have to read what goes before that. Go back to verse 19. It says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power of Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There is a natural way of things that were was built in creation and people don't understand that. They can't see it. They really don't have any excuse because the evidence is all around them. But they aren't thinking very clearly. Lots of reasons. But if you begin to change and begin to go another way, you will get a clearer thinking. It will be given unto you. And you will begin to understand. But you have to change. What you see society doing today, the path that it has chosen, the destruction that awaits it, is not the fault of, as I said in the earlier show, it is not the fault of the Illuminati, it is not the fault of the Federal Reserve, it is not the fault of some vast underground conspiracy, it is the result of the fact that you are not doing what Christ said. You don't really believe in what he said. Now, many of you don't know what he said, even though those of you who read the Bible, because you have had the Bible taken out of the context of history. It has taken hundreds of years to do this, where you will not understand what Jesus, John the Baptist, even Moses was talking about, because they have twisted the meaning of words to a point where you can't understand the true message that's there, even if you wanted to. 
But I tell you, if you really want to, you will begin to hear, and we will talk about it. We will talk about that message of Christ so that you can do what Christ said to do, what John the Baptist said to do, even what Moses said to do, which was change the way you're doing things. Repent. Turn around. Go the other way. Will you do that? Can you do that? Do you know what the other way even looks like? That's what we have to start discovering. In verse 21 it said, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. They imagine that they believe in Jesus Christ. They are vain about it. My church, my religion, my ideas, my philosophies, my eschatologies. I know. I. It's vain. You see it in the churches. That's why they have to build these big fancy churches and this wonderful building and, and you know, this big screen TV and all this wonderful music and, oh, we're, we're all saved and Jesus loves us. Vain. If you're not doing what Jesus said, He don't love you. He hates you. As it says about the Nicolaitan, God hates the Nicolaitan. Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. What was the difference between the two? We talk about it in other places. I can't go into it in detail. But Esau sold his birthright for a pot of porridge. Jacob strived to obtain that birthright that Esau did not appreciate. He didn't, he didn't strive completely righteously. But he wanted that birthright. He wanted those rights and responsibilities. Do you want your responsibilities back? If you don't, you don't get your rights. This is it. This is Christ. This is why he says two sons. One goes out and does. The other one does not do it. He says he believes his father. He says he's going to do it. But he doesn't get around to doing it. Which one is the true son? The one who says he believes or the doer of the word? Christ makes that clear time and time and time again. But you are not doing what Christ said to do. You are not taking care of one another. You are actually going to men who call themselves benefactors and exercise authority one over another and you're saying, give us free education. Give us health care. Give us social security. Provide for us. Protect us. Be our Saul. Fight our battles for us. Make us secure. How many different ways do you say it in what you do? And it's because you do not follow the way of Christ that these things are coming about in your society. Your families are breaking down. Divorce is rampant. People are perverting the natural use of their bodies for their own self-indulgence. You're obese. You're lazy. Now, I know many of you out there are decent, hard-working people. But you need to find the way and start going that way. You are entangled again 
in a system that is headed for destruction. And we're going to talk about the key that Christ gave us, the key to the kingdom. He gave us, not just Peter. He explained what that key to the kingdom was to Peter and to us because they wrote it down. And it's right there in the text. And you don't hear it. Because somebody has crept in and said, Oh, this means that he gave the keys to the Peter. And what Peter binds on earth is bound in heaven. No, that is the key. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. That's why he doesn't want you to make agreements with unbelievers, which you have done. He doesn't want you to make a contract, covenant, or constitution with men who can exercise authority one over the other to be your masters, your rulers, your fathers on this earth to take care of you, your sugar daddies on this earth to take care of you. He wants you to learn to take care of one another in faith, hope, and charity. You cannot do that unless you gather together in some sort of organized network. Organized not from the top, not by your ministers, but by you, the elders. And this is core. God created the family. Man created the government. How do families, if they want to remain free families, govern themselves? How do they do that? He's telling you, even here in Romans, he's telling you. These men were taught this in the Old Testament, and they had twisted it around. The Pharisees had a completely different interpretation of the Torah than other Jews did at the time of Jesus Christ. I'm sure some Pharisees converted to Christianity in the ways of Christianity because they repented from the ways of the Pharisees that had taken the way of Moses down the road to destruction that modern Christendom has taken you down. Modern Christendom has more in common with the Pharisees in their false interpretation of the Torah than they have in common with Christ. And most Christians today have the same view of the Old Testament that the Pharisees were promoting and so therefore their own Christianity is tainted by that. They do not understand the witness of the Pharisees against Moses even though they claimed Moses. So therefore, they can claim Christ and actually be bearing witness against him, teaching contrary to what he said to do. And they do this every day and almost every church throughout the land. That is a bold and rash statement by me, but I cannot say it any other way. I am saying repent, all you Christians who have it in your heart to hear the gospel of the kingdom and what you should be seeking and what way you should be going. Professing themselves to be wise, they became foolish. Fools. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man and two birds and 
four-footed beasts and creeping things. I had a pastor just read this recently in a church I was sitting and visiting. And up there in front of the church was a flag of the United States, a gold fringe flag of the United States. Fine, if it's gold fringe, yeah, that's not the way it should be, but that's it's so pretty. That's why they get it. They put it up there. And on the top was a golden eagle. When he's talking about these images, you know, the, these four-footed and creepy things and birds, he lists birds there. He's talking about the golden eagle of Rome. He's talking to Romans, for gosh sakes. They know what he's talking about, those symbols of authority. Nobody worshipped the golden eagle of Rome. It was a symbol of their authority. They had become a indirect democracy and then an imperial power. They had become a socialist state with their own system of Corbin that you had to pay in through the temples. They were registering the births of the children. It wasn't yet mandatory as it became in 168 A.D., which brought about some of the most severe persecutions of Christians because they would not do it. And why would they not do it? Because it was making the state their father. And Jesus said, call no man on earth their father. We, we detail this out. And we'll get into what's happened in America and how it's happened. But do not get into the conspiracy theory. I'm just explaining how you got to where you are so you know the way back. It is, they are always going to be men tempting you. There's always going to be men contriving systems that you could become a part of. There will always be this Saul syndrome in the world. The solution is core. Coming together in faith, hope, and charity to be the government of God operating according to the perfect law of liberty. That means you have to gather together in small, intimate groups with the idea of connecting that group through love only to other groups all across this country and every other country in the world. That is pure religion. To do that for the purposes of being the benefactors who don't exercise authority. That is pure religion. If you are not striving daily to do that, if you are letting your eschatology keep you from forming those cores, those congregations of record, those free assemblies, Get away from all the theology and eschatology. The simplicity of the gospel is to love one another as God has loved you by sending His own Son to sacrifice and serve you. If He would come as King to serve, you must, as kings and priests, serve one another. You can only do this if you love righteousness, because it is not righteous to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. It is not right to kill and murder. It is not right to commit adultery. It is not right to bear false witness. And if you will write those virtues in your heart that are necessary for a free society, allow God to write it in there. And begin to walk in the ways that Christ and the early church were showing people how to do. There is hope. If you do not, there is no hope. Because you have already made idols of these systems that exercise authority. You have already become the beast that takes away from your neighbor. That robs your neighbor. 
that covets your neighbor's goods. And this is what Paul is talking about. When he talks about, he's not talking about making statues and people bowing down like some sort of beam movie. He's talking about creating these symbols of exercising authority. They knew that when he was writing the Romans because they understood the gospel. They, these were the men who had turned around and they were taking care of one another in faith, open charity. They could have gone to the welfare system of Caesar, but they weren't doing that. They had formed a system of pure religion. And they had done this by networking together. This was the way. If you're not going that way, you will find yourself given over to unnatural lusts. All kinds of unnatural lusts. Wherefore God had gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed for ever. Amen. The creature there is an institution. That is actually translated institution elsewhere. And that's what you do. You bow down and serve your institutions because you have prayed to men. You have applied to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. It is not to be that way with you according to Christ. And because it is that way with you, they will take away and take away and take away your sons and daughters, make their instruments of war, disarm you, uh, starve you, regulate you, imprison you, because you are already entangled in the evil of the world, the elements of the world. You will look at those elements will melt with a fervent heat. They will be destroyed. And your whole system, your unrighteous mammon will collapse. You need to be ready. And we're going to be talking about this and how this works. But it's up to you to begin to turn around and go that way. And that's why I say get on hisholychurch.org. Join the Living Network. Join. Go to thelivingnetwork.org thelivingnetwork.org join the network start forming congregations of record start joining with other congregations of record even if they're one or two states away join with them and have them explain how you can start a congregation of record in your own area get on other radio broadcasts we're doing I think we're on the air over six hours today in different places with different programs You should be working to be a part of that. And then we will grow this network. And then they, more and more of you will begin to understand and walk the path that Christ told us to walk to begin with. If I go to verse 16 here, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm going back before the 19th verse. Starting... I started at Romans 1, 26 and 27, and we're all the way back to the 16 now. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul was preaching the gospel of Christ, which was to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Don't worry about coming out of Babylon until you have come together. This is why Moses had to wait till the people got through the plagues and came together. And and then as a peculiar people, they were able to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. But if you will not come together, it is not every man for himself. We are not to be a scattered flock. We are to come together in a structure. Those dry bones are to fit together according to the ways of Christ. You have to do that. It is your job as elders of every family to make that happen. If you will not make that happen, it will not happen for you. You will not be free souls. You will be under tribute. And you will go down with the collapse of their system. You will not be fit for more righteous habitations. Because you have not been righteous in what you have been doing. And we'll explain more about this. We'll show you how the system works when we get back to Keys of the Kingdom in a moment. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about core, what's core to the kingdom of God and seeking that kingdom of God, how it operates, how we have strayed away from it, and why we have strayed away from it, and the symptoms of a society that has strayed away from it. And we're in Romans, first chapter, and verse 16, and we actually have a study up on Romans at preparing you, Y-O-U, PreparingYou.com And there we talk about what Paul was really telling the Romans who were the faithful Romans, those that were diligent in their faith, those who were obedient in faith. He starts right off talking about those who who are obedient in faith. In other words, the doers of the word. And what that actually and how that actually changed their lives and their relationship to the world. Most of the time when you see the word world in the New Testament, they're using a word that means constitutional order or system of government. And Jesus' system of government, what he calls the key kingdom, and he gives those keys to us all as to the keys to that kingdom explains it to Peter that that kingdom operated by faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty by loving one another, by not forsaking the gathering together and coming together and providing all the benefits of government through faith, hope, and charity, not through force, not with the point of the spear or the point of a gun, forcing their neighbors to contribute to their welfare, but in pure religion through faith, hope, and charity. So anyway, in verse 16 of that first chapter of Romans, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So we know Paul is preaching the gospel of Christ. Not a new gospel, but the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, and just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not by force, 
not by forcing their neighbors to provide them with free education and free health care and free welfare, but by faith. And the fact is, is that everybody in who are receiving benefits from the world, from the organized system and constitutional order that you have created and is symbolized in the statues that you make, the golden eagles on the top of your flags, the flags themselves, these are the symbols of that authority that you use those men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other to provide you with your salvation and life today. You are not living by faith in Christ's way of love. You are living by your faith in the fathers of the earth who you prayed to with your application. And all the stuff you do in your church is just to justify that in your mind. It is to create a cognitive disconnect between what you're doing and what you say you believe in. And therefore, you are condemned to destruction. And to go the way of destruction, you will be under tribute. You will not be free souls under God. And you will not find the kingdom unless you see that. You have gone away, not cast up, but a way that is not righteous, a way that is covetous, and that you have been made merchandise. Once you see that is what brought you into this present bondage to the world, to the elements of the world, then you can begin to turn around. And you can do it legally. You can do it righteously now. By gathering together and start providing for one another in faith, hope, and charity. Start. Just start. You're not going to be able to do it all. You know, we talk about homeschooling. You could probably all do homeschooling before the month is out if you would start together. Together we have people in the network that are already and have been teaching their children at home for generations. Even if you're a single parent, you can start to gather together and work together to take care of your children. If you're a, uh, if you're, you don't have children anymore, gather together so that you can serve someone else, helping them teach their children at home. Work with them to teach their children at home. You can be doing that. I'm not talking about creating private schools where, you know, uh, 500 students attend and use curriculums that pass down from the public school systems and the history books that are available today in modern schools. Those history books have all been devastatedly distorted. All. And we can show you the whole history of that. I've got a collection of books, of school books that go all the way back to the 1800s. And I can show you that they changed them. I discover that. Then I can show you the study that was done by order of the United States Congress that shows that they have changed your school books. I can put you in touch with groups that have studied this and show you that they are changing the way in which your children view history. That they are dumbing your children down. I can't believe how smart my grandkids are. I thought my kids were smart, but my kids are now teaching their kids, and and I, I they're, they're hands and fists over our kids, and our kids were hands and fists 
over the kids down at the public school. We just started homeschooling because we we lived 40 miles, you know, 80 mile round trip to school. And we thought, well, we can do first grade. By the time they were done with first grade, they were already done with third grade by the standards of what they were doing down there in the public schools. It was only taking a few hours a day. You know? And we didn't know what we were doing. But we have people in the network now that are getting pretty darn good at homeschooling. And they're learning it. And if you work together in cores, congregations of record, congregations of love, you can do this. You can start that. Home health, next next job. You can start that. You start it. If you were to do it in an organized way with these little core documents that we show you how to make, which are easy, and they're not binding. You know, they're not corporate. They're not They're not where you all of a sudden have to pay a dues or something, or you give us your firstborn. It's just bearing witness. We show you how to do this so that you will be excluded from the new health care system. But you've got to do this in earnest. You can't just come so you can get out of something else. You have to come because you want to take back your responsibility as a free society in faith, hope, and charity. You want to be the government of the people for the people and by the people through faith, hope, and charity instead of forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. If you want to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare the way you've been doing for the last hundred years, go right ahead and do it. But know this, you betray Christ. You have turned your back on Christ and you take his name in vain. Write it down. I said it to you. You have heard it here. Repent. And that's what I'm doing. I'm the voice of a one in the wilderness, out here in the wilderness, crying to you, make straight the way of the Lord. And the way of the Lord is living by faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty. In verse 17 he says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. You have heard that Christ came, but you are not doing righteousness If you are forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare, bingo. You are betrayed the gospel of Christ. You are not doing what Paul said. You need to come together and be the benefactors who don't exercise authority. Now, someone else writes this week on the network, another minister. He says uh, he's grown up being dependent on as wards the whole life going to public school doing this as if that's the only way to do it and it's just not what our dependence and indoctrination translates to is people look to and want leaders they just want benevolent kind rulers that only exercise authority with kid gloves You ain't going to get it. You got that? You are told. Go read Samuel 8. It is the history of your last hundred years. You, You are now rejected God a long time ago. 
your whole system is based on a rejection of God and your preachers are just there to make you feel good about it. That's what they're doing. Now, I know there's some decent guys out there in those churches. But I know there's a lot of other decent guys who have already left the churches because they see them as full of hypocrisy. Well, if you're not doing what Christ was saying, what the early church was doing, you're full of hypocrisy too. If you're not striving daily to be the righteous government of God, to be the kingdom of God, seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then you're full of hypocrisy too. You're a foolish virgin. You're not saved. You're not out of the system. You're just full of it. I don't know how I can say it. Any, <laughs> You're not full of the Holy Spirit. You're not doing what Christ said. You're not doing what the early church was saying to do. You're doing something completely different. Recently, just, you know, we're actually starting to make some, uh, these cartoon videos. And uh, I've seen some of the first ones that some of the uh, elders are putting out. Some of the ministers of record are starting to put out. We haven't started uploading them yet. But those that are in the network are starting to see them. And some of them are pretty good. And I think they'll get better and better at it. But they showed as an example one that was put out by Larkin Rose's alien video. And it has this alien talking to a guy. And he's explaining the government. And, and the alien is trying to talk back but they didn't quite see in that video and I, I'm not picking on Larkin this is common they don't really see the solution they see a problem I got it there's a problem they don't see the solution we want to get into the solution here and we want to get into it today if the people who call uh, if the people who can learn to govern themselves they would construct an intentional community that needs less government. A community that only needs to create offices of services. That's it. That's what Moses was doing. There were offices. The Levites were the government. But they did not exercise authority. That's why all the funds that supported that government from the military to welfare to whatever were given to the Levites through faith, hope, and charity. Free will offerings, free will offerings, free will offerings, free will offerings. Whole government operating with free will offerings. How did they do it? Congregations of ten families. Gathered together, picked a minister from a pool of Levites. Those Levites had to meet certain qualifications. And we can show you in the book, Thy Kingdom Come, that Christ imposed those same qualifications on his disciples. They had to meet those same qualifications. He says it clearly. But if you don't know history, if you don't know what the Levites are doing, I'm I'm amazed at the number of Jews that don't know what the Levites were doing. Even though it says it right even in their poor translations. And we can show you that too. And we show you that in the book, That Kingdom Come. We show you what the words really meant and what most Jews believed they meant at the time of Christ, except for a large portion of the Jews who knew what the Torah really said would not take oaths, like Christ said. So therefore, they could not enter into government offices of Herod, who required oaths of allegiance by that time in history. 
But Christ said, don't take any oath. If you didn't know that in history, you don't know what he's talking about when he said stop the taking of oaths. When James says above all else, stop the taking of oaths. They were creating a system that operated by faith, hope, and charity in the perfect law of liberty. They didn't need no oaths. They didn't need to bind you to contracts. You were bound together as Christians in love. In a real system that functioned and worked. You could no longer go to the temple and get the welfare of the Pharisees. If you got the baptism of Christ, you couldn't go get that. So they gathered together. That's what they were doing most of Pentecost was organizing themselves into congregations of tens, hundreds, and thousands, which you see throughout history from that day on in Christendom until about a thousand years ago when someone went around murdering Christians by the millions and saying, no, you just have to look up to us. We're the authority and you're not. And now here we are, little tiny pockets of Christianity, Little tiny people waking up. A little voice out here in the wilderness saying, Make straight the way of the Lord. And we see the beast devouring who he wills. You need to put on the full armor of God. Not get entangled again in the elements of the world. Not, but create a system that will allow you to live without those elements. Without those benefits. You can only do that if you start operating by love. And God is moving in the hearts of people that are beginning to wake up to do this. But evil is also working in the hearts of people that are willing to destroy this. And apathy destroys the kingdom of God more than anything else. But it cannot destroy it because apathy is the absence of good. Apathy is out of darkness. They build their whole system on you being ignorant. If you stop being ignorant and start seeking the righteousness of God, the whole world will change. And that means you have to develop core. In the next show, we're going to talk about how they led you away, how you've been brought into bondage. And we will even quote some of the people who told you what they were going to do. Now, some of these quotes I don't include in the book, The Covenants of the Gods. I don't include them in there because I've never been able to verify that they're true. I went and looked yesterday and early this morning looking and looking and looking to see if this quote could be verified. You'll find it all over the place. They say that, you know, some places like on um, Paul Daly, I think that's what they call it, uh, or Daly Paul, uh, they, they have this quote. And they say... They haven't checked it out on Snopes. I checked it out on Snopes. Snopes doesn't even address it. They don't say it's not real, but it's everywhere, and yet I can't verify it. But I can verify the truth of the quote. The quote is from a guy who was a close friend of Woodrow Wilson, helped Woodrow Wilson get elected. He was a very uh, powerful, influential banker. Uh, His name was Colonel Edward Mendel House. And he has this quote that floats all over the place. It says, Very soon every American will be required to register their biological property. That's you and your children. In parentheses, somebody added that. In a national system designed to keep track of the people and that will operate under the ancient system of pledging. 
by such methodology we can compel people to submit to our agenda which will affect our security as a charge back for our fiat paper currency. Every American will be forced. And when I read this, I don't even believe that he could have said this so clearly at the time. He says, every American will be forced to register or suffer being unable to work and earn a living. They will be our chattels, property. And we will hold the security interests over them forever by operation of the law merchant under the scheme of secured transactions. Americans, by unknowingly or unwittingly delivering the bills of lading birth certificates, I really don't believe this quote is true, that it actually came out of his mouth because of the vocabulary here. But the fact is, it's true what he's saying to a great degree. It's not the birth certificate isn't key. We explain all that in the book Thy Kingdom Come and in the pamphlet called No Man on Earth Father. We show you the history of birth certificates. The birth certificate by itself is nothing. It requires two other steps. This is as ancient a law. We do show you sources. I can never find the source of this quote. It's just supposedly something he said in a private conversation. I don't know who wrote it down and who's passing it on. But he goes on to say, To us will be rendered bankrupt and insolvent, secured by their pledges. They will be stripped of their rights and given a commercial value designed to make us profit. And they will be none the wiser, for not one man in a million could ever figure out plans. And if by accident one or two should figure it out, we have in our arsenal plausible deniability. It just does not seem to be that he would be able to define this so clearly at that time. And in this particular vocabulary, having read hundreds and hundreds of documents at the time. But what is being said is true. He goes on to say, after all this is the only logical way to fund government by floating liens and debts to the uh, registrants in the form of benefits and privileges. They will inevitably reap us huge profits beyond our wildest expectations and leave every American a contributor to this fraud, which we will call social insurance. Without realizing it, every American will unknowingly be our servants. However, begrudgingly, the people will become helpless and without any hope for their redemption, and we will employ the high office presidency of our dummy corporation, USA, to foment this plot against America. USA was in parentheses, and office of presidency was also in parentheses, so it's not a part of the original quote. But I don't find evidence that that original quote, quote is actually in who who recorded this private conversation. Where's the footnotes that references it? It doesn't exist. The vocabulary sounds off. But the fact of what they're saying is pretty darn true. And that's why we never included this quote in the book and did not see any reason to include it. It would be irresponsible of us. I mention it here just to show you that this kind of stuff is actually known by people. But it doesn't show you the solution. The funny thing is they were doing the same thing at the time of Christ in both Judea and in Rome. 
and Christ preached the solution. But somehow or other, people have divorced that solution from what's going on in their real life. And they do it with all, which is why we've had to write books like The Higher Liberty and why we've had to write books like uh, Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions. Because we have these layers and layers of deception. But we show you the actual book, quote from the actual book, written by the guy who devised the Social Security system, how they devised it, why they devised it. I mean, that, that you can get that in the Library of Congress. It's not uh, not a secret, although it may become a secret. Uh, it's not a secret. It's just a secret because of your sloth and you haven't been studying this. We show you how the system works. We show you how it works today. We show you how it worked in Rome. We show you how and why the Christians were doing something completely different. I mean, the covenants of the gods doesn't show you the solution, but it certainly points to it by showing you the problem. Most of you didn't make that connection, so we wrote the book, That Kingdom Comes. But the key element, the core element to your salvation is Christ. And Christ showed us through the gospel and through the activities of the early church, which are just the activities of early Israel, that you form free networks of free assemblies of core groups made of elders who take back their responsibilities, help one another learn to live without praying to the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. And you will have the grace of God come out and meet you on your road and your journey back to the service of God. If you do not do that, you will not receive the the miracles of God. You will not be protected by His pillars of fire. You will not be saved. You will go into damnation. You will go into destruction and, and there's nothing I can do about it. God will not even hear your prayers. He says this over and over again. But we're going to talk more about the solution in the next show of Keys to the Kingdom. So be there. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church.
Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God, and we're going to talk about the core elements of the Kingdom. And I'm trying to get all my buttons pushed here <laughs> so that we can uh, make a record, which is what we're going to talk about today, is Congregations of Record, Core. I used to write that C-O-R, Congregations of Record, and the record means testimony. It's a congregation of testimony, but it looked better if you wrote C-O-R rather than C-O-T. Or congregation of witness, which would be cow. And But I've actually taken to writing core, C-O-R-E, like the word core. And the reason I put the E there, you could say it's part of the word record, but the reason I put the E there is because the core of the core is elders. And you are the elders. The heads of every family is the elder of a core. And those elders gather together and they pick a minister. And those elders are up here. I'm holding my hand up here about head high. And the minister is down here. He's not over the core. He's under the core. He's a servant of the core. He can't serve you well unless you support him in his service. A laborer is worthy of his hire. And you have to support him according to whatever work he's doing. And that's fine. You decide. Because the power of the purse, the treasury of the kingdom, is in your pocket. We've talked about this before. That when they made a central treasury, which Christ speaks against, Moses speaks against, such as the golden calf, which was a central treasury, was called a reserve fund in most city-states. When they had their golden statues, those are reserve funds. Those are the base deposit. That's like your Fort Knox. That's the reserve gold. And that's in that hand. You're all going to defend that central treasury because the money's not in your pocket anymore. And you are bound, and that's one of the elements of the world to have a central treasury. You are bound in that central treasury. That's what it's designed for, is to bind you. Together, as a people, to, to, to obtain your loyalty. And they've done that. And that's, that's why you don't have gold and silver in your pocket. And even if you're a U.S. citizen, the gold and silver in your pocket isn't yours and they can take it away anytime they want because you don't have any right to any property because you're a surety for debt. And we were told that that's what's going to happen, that you were going to listen to vain words. You're going to believe, I'm saved. I, Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. But the Bible tells you that Jesus hates the Nicolaitans. And that's the conquered people that have gone the ways of Balaam. And they are conquered. What? The greatest destroyers of freedom are the givers of gifts, gratuities, and benefits. So men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority have offered you benefits, free education, free health care, etc., and you took them up on it. You signed agreements that said, yeah, I want these free benefits. And now they're your daddy. Who's your daddy? Do they love you? No. They love you like a cat loves a bird. And they are devouring you. And the reason why is not their fault. It's your fault because you are devouring your neighbor by your covetous ways of forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare from health care to free education to fire departments to public services of all kinds. Public services in the kingdom of God are provided by faith, hope, and charity through ministers of service, not ministers of power. 
That's the government of God. You're not in the government of God. God did not establish the United States. He allowed you to establish the United States. He allowed you to establish the government of Australia. He allowed you to establish the Queen of England or any of these other nations, China, whatever. And he he allowed you to do that. And most of the time you did that through apathy, through sloth. Because you didn't take the responsibility. Somebody else picked it up. And everybody went along. And you have gone the ways of Balaam. And you are the Nicolaitans. You are the conquered people. You are again entangled in the bondage of the world, the elements of the world. You have become merchandise, human resources. You have become a surety for debt. You have done all these things and you have gone to church and sang your songs. Shame on you. And I'm calling you to repent. Turn around and start taking care of one another in congregations of record. Start going on record saying, I'm going to try to take care of all the people that gather together in my congregation and all other congregations that network together with us. I'm going to start becoming the FEMA of our society. Faith, Emergency, Ministry, Auxiliary. I'm going to start becoming the Department of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to let the Holy Spirit dwell in me. I'm going to gather together other people in love. I'm not going to be gathering together to talk about conspiracy theories as if somehow or other the Federal Reserve is the problem or the Illuminati is the problem or whatever you think is the problem. The problem is the fact that you are slothful and not doing what Christ said. And I'm going to change that. That's what you've got to say. I'm going to change that. And I'm going to pray to God to give me the spiritual and virtuous power to do so to keep me on the straight and narrow the straight path of being the government of God in righteousness and not covetousness because covetousness has made me merchandise that's what you've got to do that's what congregations should be doing and does it sound like I'm talking love you bet I'm talking love I'm talking tough love I'm telling you what you missed so that you will stop missing it. So that you will turn around and really start loving Jesus and loving the ways of Christ. We have gone so far out of the way, but we're not really that far out of the way. All we've got to do is turn around and start going the other way. You have to recognize that you've gone off and you're eating the slop of pig farmers that exercise authority one over the other. And, and the fact is, it should be easy to make that choice to turn around now. Because the news is telling you the system is going to fail. You know, uh, Ron Paul said, there is no social security trust fund and you don't have an account. Social security is simple tax, like all taxes. The money collected is spent immediately as general revenue to fund the federal government and nothing more than an accounting ledger with no money in it. That's Social Security. Now, that was out of Ron Paul's mouth. I can quote you if you go on, on our website and look up Not So Secure Social Security. You can find that with just a search engine. You can find it on the outline page. He'll tell you that the Supreme Court has already ruled there is no earmarking of funds. You have no account. The money you put in is not an investment. 
It goes to take care of the needy of your society. But it is not even earmarked. It can go to the military. It can go to foreign aid. It can go anywhere. Your Social Security money is not earmarked. It is against the law. Has been since 1935. It has been in 1960 by Supreme Court ruling. It is against the law to earmark those funds. So, does your government have a surplus in it? Your New Zealand, Australia, England... France, Italy, Turkey, any of these countries, Canada, any South American countries, does any of them have a surplus in their treasury? No. They are bankrupt. They are in debt beyond the capacity of them to pay the debt. You are surety for those debts. You citizens of Australia, New Zealand, your social wealth, if you're born in New Zealand today, you're $50,000 in debt. Little cute little bundle of human resource there. $50,000 in debt. But people say, oh, I love New Zealand. If I go there just as a visitor, they'll fix my teeth at the expense of that baby. Because he's going to have to pay for it. He's going to have to work and pay that debt off. Because he's pledged to do so. He is bound in a system of debt. And you do the same thing. Everybody who takes the benefits of men who exercise authority are forcing that baby to work a large portion of their lifetime in slavery without pay to pay for your Social Security. Every dime you take is putting a burden on that child and all the children. You are eating the children of your children. You are so much in debt in the United States today. We we carry the biggest debt. I think of any other country. I think we're way down, number 300 or something like that. I used to have all the figures, but they're changing so rapidly and not for the better. You are devouring your children by taking one benefit. Public school, call the fire department, any of those things, any of those benefits that are funded out of this. Now, I know that some of those are local funding, but the reality is that federal, state, it's the same principle. You have to start taking care of one another. That is what Christ was saying. Loving one another isn't just an idea. It isn't just lip service. It's actually loving them enough to take care of one another. That's what you should be talking about in your core meetings, is loving one another. How can we do that? How can we become the social welfare system of this little congregation? How can we find others who want to do the same, who want to live by the perfect law of liberty, who do not want to exercise authority one over another, who want to get involved in pure religion, taking care of the needy of their society through faith, hope, and charity. Unspotted by the constitutional orders and systems of the world that are the rulership of men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. It's simple, folks. Christ said not to be that way. And you have become that way. And all the singing in your churches will not change that. You need to repent. 
You need to go another way. You need to turn around and start being the government of God by loving one another. And to do that efficiently and practically and responsibly, you need to do that in small groups where you can keep an eye on one another and be a part of one another's lives. And, you know, I get reports from congregations that congregations are sitting around talking about these conspiracy theories and what the the bad guys are doing. You should be talking about what the good guys could be doing. You know, and and not get all caught up in that. It's it's worse than getting caught up maybe maybe worse than getting caught up in all the theologies and eschatologies that have led people into back into bondage. It's really very simple and I talked about it in one of the first shows today about when they wrote the Constitution of the United States, they wrote, you know, we the people and then you want to know who we the people are. Everybody wants to know we the people. They all quote that. But they don't understand what's going on in this document. We the people the names are down at the bottom. When they signed it, they were we the people. They're the only one. They didn't have any power to sign for you. Did you give them your power of attorney? Have you given them the power of your attorney that, you know, Hamilton could go there and sign for you and create this government? They didn't have that power. They had to take that document to the states and get them to sign something. And they did. They they actually broke the law in doing it because they implemented the contract before they had a unanimous agreement and they had already made an agreement, which contract makes the law. They had already made an agreement with the Articles of Confederation that they would change nothing there unless it was unanimous. And the Constitution was certainly a change and it was not unanimous and they implemented it. They violated their own agreement when they did it. But it's still there. They did sign. Those that signed and those that signed later, they all were signing and becoming a part of that institution. It didn't have the power it has today. But the reason it has the power it has today is because you've been signing stuff. You've been applying for benefits. You have been covetous. You've wanted benefits at the expense of your neighbor. You did not pay into an account at Social Security. You do not pay into an account when you pay your income tax. You pay in because you're a member. You've been baptized into their religion. And that's how you take care of one another. We've talked before in previous shows when I show you the persecution of the early church and the trials of the early church is that they were saying that they could not have a private religion. In other words, they couldn't have a private welfare system. They outlawed any private welfare system. Now with the new health care deal, they make an exemption and they mention things like the Good Samaritan people and the Amish that they are excluded. Well, the fact is, and they say any organization before 1976 would be excluded. His Holy Church has been around since the year 30 AD. It should be excluded. But the churches out there aren't doing it. Even the Catholic churches, all their hospitals are in trouble now. Why? Because they haven't been doing it according to faith, hope, and charity. They've just been running a business. That's time for them to repent too. And start operating by faith, hope, and charity and start doing what Christ actually said. 
You can't do that in mega churches. You have to do that in many congregations. Many, many congregations. That's M-A-N-Y-M-I-N-E-I. Many, many congregations. Congregations of tens. What is it? Composes a congregation? Ten families. What would that produce? Ten elders. Was an elder? An elder is king and priest in his own home. Okay, what does the king and priest have to do? What What is a priest? Now, I had this discussion with just somebody the other day that the eldest son, and we were talking about inheritance in England, the custom of inheritance. And, and you, you can see in some of these shows uh, that they have made of the books of uh, Jane Austen and stuff where the girls couldn't inherit. Only the male heir could inherit. And they said, oh, that doesn't seem right. Well, the reason why is the male heir inherited, but not so that he could be rich and run around and tear down buildings and put up Grecian urns, but to take care of the needy of the whole family. Take care of the daughters. Take care of the sons. Make sure they got good educations. Make sure they got set up in business. And he was to manage those funds for the good of the whole family. But they didn't always do that. That they often did contrary to that. And that was bad. And the family broke down. And the system broke down. But that was being a priest. When the father was still alive, he would turn over the financial interests of the family to the firstborn or to his chosen of the first. You know, it might be the firstborn, but you might say, you know, he's the king. So he'd say, no, I'm not going to let you run the family business. You're not very good with money. I'm going to give it to your brother. And he would do that. He would place it on the brother. And the brother would be responsible to run the family business for the good of the whole family. He was the priest. He was the high priest of the family. He was handling the money of the family. When that family joined a congregation, he would be responsible for the tithe. Because he was responsible for the money. That's what a priest is. But what were the Levites? They talked about them being priests. Well, they were not the firstborn of individual families. They were firstborn of the nation. They were like those firstborns, but they they couldn't go out and tax all the other kings and priests of their nation. But they organized themselves, and those kings and priests chose to lay offerings upon these living stones, these Levite living stones of an altar, to take care of the needs of their society. The widows, the orphans, the peace offerings in the time of war, in the time of law-breaking. They were actually a part of the court system. They didn't try people, but they were the appeals courts. This is what the cities of refuges were. They weren't places where bad guys could run and hide. They were an appeals court system. And we explained that in some detail. We, we may put out a book that explains it in more detail. All you need to do is know how to read Hebrew. It's all there. That It's an amazing language. All the letters mean something. But if they if they get to define the words, and what most of the Christians have done is they've gone to the Pharisees, the remnant of the Pharisees, and said, okay, what do these words mean? Well, we know Jesus said they got it wrong. Like I said, most of the Hebrews at the time of Christ knew that the Pharisees were getting it wrong. They offered different solutions. Zealots offered one. And the Zealots were wrong too. And the Sadducees offered another. And they were wrong. 
Some of the Essenes, what we call Essenes today, some of them had it pretty close. Some of them had it closer than others. And many of them were probably the first Christians because Christ said so many of the things that they said. But he was teaching people how to live in a society based on faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty. Your churches are teaching you how to sit in a pew and become stinky Christians because you're not doing the words that Christ said. You're just thinking thoughts. I believe. I saved myself because I thought a thought. No. Jesus says you must be doers of the word. Who is the true sons of God? The children of God? Those who say, yes, we believe. Or those who actually go out and do what he says. Christ says it's the ones who go out and do what he says. Not those who say they believe. But your modern churches say all you have to do is believe. Now, I agree. All you have to do is believe and your Father will run out and meet you halfway. But you've got to be halfway back. Your belief has to be a belief of action. You must be, like the Romans, obedient in faith. In other words, you have to have repented and turned around and come back. And like the prodigal son, who had done no work yet at his father's house, was received with open arms. Right. You are not saved by works. But you got to be going back to do that work. And what they do is they get you to say you just believed. And now when you die, you'll be in the kingdom. But Jesus said the kingdom's not for the dead, but for the living. And you need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And you hearers only aren't really doers of the word. And you are not saved. And you are in a lot of trouble. So what do you do? What do we need to actually do physically on the ground to seek the righteousness of God and love for one another. Well, I can tell you this. You don't know what the righteousness of God is. It's a learning process. You may have a glimpse of it, like Moses through the crack. But you have to walk it out and live it now. And we know that living it will be like loving one another. And I know some of you that have gathered together in congregations are rather impatient with some of you others that have come. Great. Now you get to see how impatient you are. Thank them and bless them every time they try your patience. Because (laughs) your patience can grow. Now you're testing it like flexing a muscle. Our muscles are things like virtue. Are your virtues getting tested by your congregation? This is why you need to gather together. Not because you are all perfect. Not because you all got the right eschatology. Not because you all say the right words. But because you're seeking to live another way. A whole different way. A way that is in the light. That's not going to lead you to vile perversions. Not going to lead you to lusts of the flesh. But love of righteousness. And and it will test you. It will test your heart. It will test the inclination of that heart. And you will see, you know, I'm not really as patient as I thought. I'm not really as loving as I thought. And you will bring light where there was darkness. You will bring understanding where there was none. 
And so I beat you up enough in this first half hour of this show. (laughs) Now we have to go on to what does that love look like? How can we do this? We're so scattered. The coyotes are in the field, folks. The mountain lions sit upon the rock and they are now stalking you through the brush. They wish to devour you. You're on his menu because you have been bloodied by the meat of your and flesh of your neighbor that you have been devouring. You have been living according to the ways of the beast. Through your covetousness, you have been made human resources. This is a key element. Now, by trying to come together in righteousness, you're going to come face to face with the true selfish nature that dwelleth within you. How did that get in you? Well, you were traumatized as as an infant. You were uh, abused. You were lied to. You were deceived. Uh, You were tempted. Okay, let's grow up. Let's grow up in the ways of Christ. Let's start walking in His path of straightness and righteousness. Let's start gathering together, even if it's just by phone, if you live too far away, and figure out ways to get the Word out, the Gospel of the Kingdom. We have some that are learning to speak the way of the early church and understand how that early church operated. We need more. We need, And those that are speaking it need your support. They need your assistance. This is, this is an impossible task to turn the world right side up again. We cannot do it. It will take a miracle. All we can do is speak to you. We cannot exercise authority. You know, we make jokes. Yeah, this job would be easier if I was a dictator. You have to be dictated to in your heart. What are you doing to seek the kingdom? The key element to that is to seek it not for yourself, but for others. That is Christ's nature. That you must come together to serve others, not yourself. You must sacrifice, not because your sacrifice will pay a price. You can't pay that price. But because sacrifice is the nature of Christ. Forgiveness is the nature of Christ. Patience is the nature of Christ. And when you don't have patience, you've abandoned the nature of Christ. And Christ cannot come in you if you have a selfish heart. He cannot dwell in a selfish heart. And when you try to be unselfish, you will come face to face with your selfishness. When you try to be patient, you will come face to face with your patience. I always say, if a man thinks he is wise, let him marry. If a man thinks he is patient, let him have children. Congregation is a family of Christ with God as our Father. He has the patience. We need to have His patience written in us. We need to gather together 
according to His ways of service to each other in faith, in hope, in love for one another. And by doing so, like the right foot, left foot, we will be drawn in our sacrifice, in our diligence to God and God to us. As we are drawn towards Him, as we follow that path back towards His ways, He can run out and meet us in every moment that we take that step. Process, day by day, diligently. And we will continue to add, like I said, we have up there at preparingyou.com a Bible study on Romans and Colossians and Ephesians. And when my voice continues, I will continue with these and put them up for you to use in your congregations of record. But you need to do it. You need to become doers of the Word. And we'll talk a lot more about that. I hope I won't beat you up as bad as we've done in the first half hour and the hour before this. But we'll talk more about the love of Christ in us when we return to Keys to the Kingdom. Hi, I'm Brent. I'm a contact minister for the Living Network in Northeast Missouri. You're not the only one out there with the desire to learn the truth. There are people all over the world coming together in faith, hope, and charity. Join us at one of the upcoming gatherings to meet new people, fellowship, work, and play. Whether it's the Fall Burning Bush Festival in Oregon or the Spring Gathering in Northeast Missouri, you'll get all the details when you join the Living Network. Go to hisholychurch.org and click on the network link. Find out what you've been missing. You'll be glad you did. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. And we're talking about core. And we're talking about what's not core. Core meaning core to seeking the kingdom. Seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's what we were told to do by Christ. He didn't start with, come out of them, my people. First, you have to become my people, His people. By turning around and seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, repenting and going this other way. There's no point in coming out. He didn't call the Israelites out. He got them kicked out. And he got them kicked out in very hard times and took them to a very hard place. But he was there with them and provided for them. He's not going to provide for you unless you turn around and start seeking his ways. What we are doing today is we're calling you to the wedding feast. You have to get again as guests guests to the wedding feast of Christ. That is what you're being called to. In other words, you have to set the table of Christ. We've seen the table of the world set. Through their system of social welfare based on force. But where is the social welfare based upon love? That is Christ's table. Two different tables. You can eat of one, but we are told in Proverbs that You sit and eat with a ruler, one who operates by force, the benefactors who exercise authority. If you sit and eat with them, put a knife to your throat, for they serve you deceitful meats. Paul says, so it should have been through your welfare has become a snare. He's quoting David. This is same old, same old. So if you want to really do what Christ said, you have to create a system that operates on faith, hope, and charity. Now, many years ago, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was a Democrat, introduced a Social Security system, FICA program, through the Social Security Act. They had already, through Woodrow Wilson and his buddies, created a system of social 
welfare-type money, which was so Federal Reserve System. That's a socialist money system. It's a debt system. It is the antithesis of Sabbath. Sabbath isn't a day. Sabbath is a way. Sabbath is not, you know, we keep the magical day. You know, that worried Paul when people were starting to keep days. Because they were starting to fall back into that pharisaical, you know, outward signs and symbols and rituals and idolatry. Sabbath is not a day. It's a way. And it's a way where you work and earn what you get. Which is a day of rest. You have to work first. If you don't work first, you don't get the day of rest. Simple as that. You have to be putting up that surplus so that you can take that day off. You know, it used to be back in the 60s when I worked on wheat farms in North Dakota, there was six to seven years supply of grain in the silos on the farms for the whole nation at any given time. Six to seven years supply. Worldwide today, there isn't 30 days supply. You get a crop failure worldwide and people will starve by the millions billions. Why? Because you're not keeping the Sabbath. Not because you're not keeping a day. Now, I'm not... If you want to keep a day, that's great. I think it's great to take a day of rest. But if you're not working first and earning your rest, you're not keeping that day holy. If you're in debt, you failed to keep the Sabbath. Get out of debt. Now, you can get out of your personal debt, but you're not getting out of your national debt because you're bound in a system where you're surety for debt. Because through covetousness, they have made you human resources, merchandise. You have listened to their feigned words and you have gone their way. And FDR was one of those guys who were telling you feigned words. You have nothing to fear but fear itself. That's true. But then his solutions were of evil. They were covetous. He talks about participation in the program would be completely voluntary. And it is completely voluntary. But not as voluntary as it should be. But you still have to voluntarily, it still says this in the Social Security Administration, to get that number is voluntary. But without that number, you can't hardly survive. You And not getting the number is not the solution. It's turning around and seeking the kingdom. At this point, you are probably already in the system if you're listening to the sound of my voice. There is no way out of that system because the system is in debt. You would have to pay off that debt. But there is ways to move so that they will reject you. And if you don't do that, you have to start filling each other's water flasks. That's what Philos talks about during the plagues of Egypt. That they were taking care of one another. And those plagues are coming. You have to start gathering together to take care of one another. But I don't want you to do it out of fear. I want you to do it out of love because you're going to have to learn love. Real love. Sacrificing love. Love for love's sake. Anyway, so it was voluntary. What I'm talking to you is voluntary. It always is voluntary. It is the perfect law of liberty. And it requires that you gather together and start bearing witness to that love by your deeds not just by words only. Participants would only pay in 1% of the first $1,400 annually income that they make. It's no longer 1%. It's 14% really of what you make. 
but rather, and, and it's, it's, I think it's the first 90,000 now. But, of course, it's inflated money, which goes back to the golden calf thing that you did with the Federal Reserve, where you didn't put your money in your pocket. You were using debt notes. So there's many different layers that we go through this in the book Covenants of the Gods. And we explain them step by step, enough so that you can see that there's definitely a problem. And we, there's over 700 footnotes in that book, I think. So that you can go, if you go and get all the books that we make reference to, which are basic law books, they're not obscure books that you can't find, they're sources of anywhere. They're, they're pretty standard places. And we tie it in with the history of the time and, and the Bible. And, and so that you can understand the fullness of the gospel. It was a solution in this life. And therefore in the next. Because it was for the living. Uh, it talked about the money of the participants elected to put into the program would be deductible from their income for tax purposes each year. No longer deductible. That money uh, the participants put in went uh, to the independent trust fund rather than into the general operating fund. That actually never was the case. This I'm reading something else that somebody wrote. I mean, right away there were cases that said that there can be no earmarking of funds. There's one fund, and it's bankrupt. It's been bankrupt, and they want to keep you bankrupt. They don't want to solve the problem. If they started paying off the debt, you could go free. They can't have that. They want to control you. This is the nature of the beast. You want to control your neighbor, don't you? Now that you paid into Social Security, you say, I have a right to that. I paid in. So I want those benefactors who made me pay in, I want them to make those other people that are working today pay in so that I can get a check. And you're saying that because you're not forgiving. You should say, I forgive the debt. You don't owe me anything. But you probably can't say that. You probably need the money, and I understand that. But I'm saying, turn around and start seeking the kingdom. Because that system's going to fail anyway. There won't be a check eventually, or it won't make any difference, because bread will be $20 a loaf. You'll have to go to their their handout places, their camps or whatever they have to hand out food, because you won't be able to buy it. The money will fail. The unrighteous mammon always faileth, and it's going to fail again. I'm saying start seeking the kingdom. Start turning around. You You don't have enough time to change everything. You don't have enough time to fix it, to pay off the debt. You don't have enough time to get ready. You don't have enough time. It will take a miracle to save you at this stage. And that miracle is God running out to meet you halfway. But you have to repent and turn around in order to get out to a place where God can meet you halfway. You may not even have, I don't even think a lot of you have time to go halfway. But you have to start being doers of the word. Start living by faith, hope, and charity. They talk about it being an annuity payment to the retirees would never be taxed as income. Well, under Clinton and Gore, up to 85% of your Social Security can be taxed. They can change the terms. We go through this. They can actually not give you one dime benefit. Not one dime. Not one morsel or crumb. Not the slightest benefit from this system of Corbin. And you still have to pay in. That's the law. It's been that way from the beginning. You didn't read the Social Security Act. You need to read that. 
Well, actually, don't even bother. Go read our article, Employee versus Enslaved, explains it. Money versus Mammon, explains it. They're all free. Whole book, free. And just go read it. Study it. But it doesn't do you any good to study this unless you turn around and start forming cores, congregations of record, ten families gathering together to become the, their own personal faith emergency ministry auxiliary with the intention of networking together with other core groups all over the country, all over the world, to be the government of God that operates according to the perfect law of liberty and faith, hope, and charity. So how do you do that? The only thing that we can offer you is the Living Network. And you can go to thelivingnetwork.org and you can find a place to sign up with email. And if you're listening to this on a regular broadcast, uh, like we we go out on radio stations in Las Vegas as well. Um, and so you may hear us out there, uh, some of the programs we make for them, and we, we go out on this station. And we try to go out in as many different places as we can, which is why I'm going to be talking for about seven hours today. <laughs> and uh, if my voice holds out. And we want to get other voices in on this. And we're putting together a system here where we can do that, put other voices onto the show, and save my voice if nothing else. But really, your voice has to be heard in local congregations. You as elders are the kings and priests of God's kingdom. You are responsible for picking someone to be your servant. It is not going to be somebody who wants to get up there and talk for two hours and tell you what to think and what to believe and how to act. It's going to be somebody who just wants to keep track of ten phone numbers so he can let you know when the next meeting is going to be. He's not going to run the meeting. You run the meeting. You've been letting somebody else run things too long. You've become lemmings. Repent. Start being the government of God by governing yourselves as responsible elders in a system based on faith, open charity. You've got to take the reins of control of your life. Now that you can give something to somebody who is charitable amongst you to use for everybody else. If you if you just give to your neighbor, that's great, but it's not detectable. If you give to the church, it's deductible because you're actually doing the work of the government. Now, they're going to eventually take that deduction away from you. There's no two ways about it. But you could do that if you do it to the church. If you do it to a congregations of record that are networked all across the country, you're excluded from the health care system of the world, at least for the time being. But what's more important is you will be creating that alternative to Babylon. You will be making the ark of God a system that actually will be the more righteous habitation. And you can start very small. You can just start a congregation of record if you all live 100 miles apart and you call up and say, what can we do to find more lost sheep in our area? Then you can gather together and you can, you can create little boys clubs and girls clubs within it. You know, Scouts for Christ. And you can you could set them out on little charitable operations in your local communities. You know, uh, blankets for the for the homeless or something. You probably can't feed them. It's against the law to feed them. You got to go do all these other things. You you can go visit the sick in in convalescent homes and in uh, hospitals. 
and do a program called The Visitors. And we'll make up church ID for you. And you can start learning what it means to care for others, to have compassion for others, to be involved in these charitable things. And, and in cultivating that spirit of charity amongst anybody, you will start to draw in more and more people. We could have kingdom houses. Not kingdom halls, kingdom houses. <laughs> we don't want to do that. that they... We don't want to create another religion where you go and you turn off your brain for an hour and a half or two hours every Sunday or Sabbath. We want to turn on your heart so you actually have a heart for others. Nobody's being taught this message. You could teach this on Skid Row. But you have to do it in a way that strengthens the poor and you have to strengthen one another by not picking a minister who will rule over you and tell you what to believe. You have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You have to pick the greatest servant among you Who is the best servant amongst you? It's probably not who you've been thinking of as a minister. And then you have to work so that that doesn't become a burden. You know, we talk about the the breaches of the Levites. I told you earlier that Christ was appointing disciples to do the same job as the Levites did. problem is you ask the wrong people as to what the Levites were doing. The Levites were naked. They had no authority. That's what it meant. They had to have the people sew their breeches out of linen. That's what you do by filling out the document that recognizes a minister, which you can change anytime you want. You have the power to change that anytime you want and overrule it. Because you're a free people and the responsibility is in your hand. But anyway, that is sewing their underwear for them so they aren't naked. You're giving them... I can't give them license to be your minister. You give them license by saying, this is my minister. When the day you don't want them to be your minister, you say, this is no longer my minister. The power is in your hand. You're the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. You give him his undergarment, his clothing, so that he's not naked. You give him the authority. You choose to give him ten bucks to use for whatever charitable purposes that he chooses to use. And you watch and you say... He's done a good job. I'll give him 20 bucks next time. Just like Christ. One denarii, two denarii, three denarii. If he does a good job, you give him another denarii. If he doesn't do a good job, you take away, you can't actually take away what you've already given because you get freely given it, but you don't give him any more. And you let God sort it out. That's the way the kingdom works. That puts the responsibility back in your hands. You pick the minister. You don't like the minister. You pick the wrong one. You have to, and you have to rebuke them. You have to say, you guys aren't doing the right thing. You guys are sitting around all talking about conspiracy theories, or you guys all sitting around talking about nonsense. Why aren't we talking about the love of Christ and how we can spread that love to others in service one to another? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that ye might be saved. What are you giving that you might save others? This is what the congregation should be doing. And this is what I know many of you could be doing. But you have to focus on the kingdom. You have to give license to your minister to do that job, but you've got to make sure he's doing a good job. You have to give him the support he needs to do that good job, to advertise, to to get more people to hear about this. And then when you gather together, you have to say, what can we do to teach these values to our children? 
Not just have a big meal and feast. Don't you not have homes of your own? Great to get together and have share a meal. Potluck. Great. Everybody brings something. Great. But what are you discussing there? Are you being kings and priests or are you just having a good time? Are you working on ways in which you can create the sons of God, the children of God? Teaching these values to your children and to your neighbor's children. You don't have any children at home anymore? Teach them to your neighbor's children. Form scouts for Christ. You know, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. I don't want to do some central top-down thing. You can figure it out. You know, go out and help some widow or orphan. And, and when you're out there, you know, clean up of some park or some piece of ground. Start projects. A lot of the TED things are great ideas. Why aren't you doing them in the name of Christ? Showing people, we don't need to tax you to create a park. We can create a park on our own. They, I've seen the TEDs out there where they do that. Don't don't say, oh, you got to believe in His church and you got to do this and you got to do that. Just start taking responsibility. Be as sneaky but harmless as the serpent. Be as sneaky as the serpent. Get out there and start forming congregations that are actually doing And people say, well, what are you doing? Well, we decided to take responsibility to help one another ourselves. We decided to become a charitable institution, uh, a charitable FEMA, Faith Emergency Ministry Auxiliary. We want to be there to help one another. That spirit is out there in institutions, but they don't yet make the cognitive connection that that's what the early Christians were doing. That's what the early Israelites were doing in Egypt. Why do you think the people showered them with gifts of gold and silver? Philo says they gave them the actual possessions. They didn't just borrow. That's a misunderstanding of the term. They were actually given the right of possession of this gold and silver and showered because the government failed to be there for them. Their FEMA in Egypt failed to help them during those those uh, trialing times. But the Levites, or not just the Levites, the the kings and priests of Israel, those who were beginning to follow in the ways of Moses, were not only helping each other, but had a surplus to help the other Egyptians. And so many Egyptians said, this makes sense. People helping people in righteousness, sacrificing for one another, and willing to do that because they know you sacrifice for them. You want to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare because you paid in as if that's an investment. That's not what Christ said. You invest in one another in love. You, that's what your cores should be doing. And all the cores are understaffed. And why? Because you're not getting the word out. You're not combing the brush and the sides of the road. You should all have cards that say when your gatherings are and be handing them out. Come to one of our gatherings. Come to one of our gatherings. Come to one of our gatherings. And when you come to the gathering, they say, we will, every time you should be talking about what can we do to bear witness to the love of Christ in our communities? What can we do the rest of the week so that when we come back and meet next Saturday or next Sabbath or whatever it is, 
whatever day of the week you want to meet on. You guys work that out. I'm not going to give you a calendar. Calendars and, and uh, clocks are for people who don't know what time it is. And what time it is, is time to start doing the will of the Father. Start loving one another in a way of righteousness. So you can hand out these cards everywhere and just and, and maybe even get radio spots and start building your congregation so that it gets so big you have to split it into two congregations. And then you can still have meetings where not ten families come together, but a hundred families come together. But during the week, those ten families were communicating. That minister was calling you up maybe once a week, once every couple of weeks, and saying, you know, we're going to have a meeting here, and we've got this project going, and we're going to cut wood for this widow, and we're going to uh, we're going to get all the kids involved, and we're going to clean up this park, and we're going to, you know, wherever the governments of the world are failing, you start filling that gap. See a need, fill a need. And Christ will fill you. He will come out because you're being the government of God. You're helping one another. Home education, home health. Some of you have met, but now we want to meet Christ along this road. And that means we have to walk the road of Christ. That means we have to come together with the intention of serving, not being served. Do you get the picture? Well, we'll we'll be on the radio again. We've got a study group starting in an hour on the Free Church Report, I think is what they're doing. We On Tuesday nights, we have that kingdom come. There's lots of this stuff. Go to hisholychurch.org and we'll tell you more. Till then, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.